Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. It is time. It is time. It's fantasy football season. It's mock draft season. It's get your mind right. Fantasy football scramble. Get your head on straight. It's winning time. And I got two of the best in the business. The... Football Guys Fantasy Football Show, ginormous fantasy football podcast and YouTube show uh, that I love, that I watch, that I go to because champions respect champions. Dave and Alfredo uh, are here, two of the best in the business. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming on the Football Guys Fantasy Football Show. Welcome. I appreciate you guys taking the time, like I said. I take fantasy football so seriously, and I really look at this time of the year. It's like you got to shake out the cobwebs. I know, Dave, you said to me, uh, you guys never stop. You can't stop, won't stop. I have to stop because the emotional toll <laughs> that a fantasy football season takes on me, uh, like I get too emotionally involved. So when it's over, like I, I must stop myself. But you guys can't stop, won't stop. And I appreciate you guys coming on. So I'm going to just, you know, get right to it. But first of all, uh, my first question for both of you guys, um, and uh, I appreciate you guys coming on, is, and you guys can, you know, answer this, um, you know, individually, Alfredo and Dave. How has fantasy football changed your life? And did you ever think that fantasy football would take it this far? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one first. So fantasy football has changed my life because it helps me maintain friendships better than any other activity in the world. Uh, you know, I was uh, I started my first fantasy football league when I was in high school with my buddies. And here I am in my mid-30s right now. And these guys that are in this fantasy football league with me are still my best friends to this day. Like we're the godfathers to each other's children. We stand up in each other's weddings. Our wives are friends. So we can go on and on talking about the numbers and sleepers and all that stuff. But my favorite thing about fantasy football, besides winning money is the camaraderie and the friendship that a good fantasy football league can build between friends. Now, when you say besides winning money, do you take money from your good friends or are you talking about, like, like what are you talking about here? I, I rob my friends blind. They don't stand a chance, man. We got a trophy with names engraved down at three of the last six years have that Dave Kluge written on that trophy. So, you know, it's all all friendly and, you know, we all, uh, you know, are, are, are good with it. We're all happy with the buy-in, but I, I take the money and don't think twice about it. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Alfredo, what about you? Yeah, oh, man. Fantasy football changed my life, honestly. I uh, I used to be in radio when I first got out of college, and I was actually a scouting intern at, at Florida International University, so I always had this love of football, and 
it was the same thing. Like I'm in, in my, my leagues with my friends that all, you know, going through college together and just winning year after year and started just recording shows and saying like, I can do this stuff and doing podcasts. And at first you're just shouting into the void. Like you're a nobody. You got three people, including my mom that's listening, you know, and then <laughs> it turns into something. And it's just like, it's really cool to sit here and say like, I get to do something that most people dream of. Most people dream of talking about fantasy football. And it's actually, this is actually a legit career for me now. And it's so cool to be like, this doesn't, yeah, sure, it changes some people's days, but it doesn't hurt anyone. It is just, it's just fun. And so like, when you say like, yeah, we're grinding all year long, man, I'd much rather do this all year long than anything else. Yeah, I mean, come on. It, it's so much fun. Um, in regards to the business of fantasy football and the business of gambling and the money of it, where do you see it going? Uh, you know, obviously we could talk about, you know, you playing with your friends. You never imagined you'd be doing it as a profession. Uh, I think uh, we all know, I know the listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast understand where it is today. Uh, where do you see the business going for fantasy football? You know, outside of just everybody and their mother having a podcast, YouTube channels. Uh, but where do you see the next step and just how did the business of it growing? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, Alfredo and I, we're, we're both a part of Football Guys, and Football Guys has been around since before it was even a website. I mean, they started in the magazine industry, and then they launched the website back in 1999. So the other guys over at Football Guys, they could speak to this much more than we can because they've been doing this for 25 years now already, and they've watched the growth. But what Alfredo and I were both able to witness was a huge boom in 2020. And I think what happened, it happened in a lot of different industries where people were locked up and they didn't have a lot of free time. So everybody started talking to a microphone, making friends online and things like that. So what happened is you saw these really creative and entertaining minds enter the fantasy football space. And Alfredo and I, we both had a little bit of head start on the people that came in in 2020. So we were able to see it. Since then, we saw these kind of small brands start and build, and a lot of that talent and a lot of the people that are doing this have now been consolidated with the bigger companies. So uh, it's been really cool. You know, I actually started with a couple of good friends of mine. We launched our own website back in 2020, found some quick and immediate success there, and then everyone kind of fractioned off and did their own thing. And you got a guy working over at Fantasy Pros and a guy working at PFF and a guy at Football Guys. So uh, there is a, a lot of opportunity in the space and a lot of full-time jobs and a lot of things like that. Um, as for looking at the future, though, it seems like things are starting to get more and more consolidated every single year. You know, 10 years ago, there were all these small niche websites kind of doing their thing. And now it seems like everything is going towards the big football sites. So if I had to look ahead, you know, five, six years from now, I'd say that Football Guys is probably going to be one of those pillars along with a few other websites where the majority of the uh, talent is all consolidated. Another question I have, and Alfredo, you could take this. Listen, we've all been in a crunch, whether it's a Thursday night game, whether it's a Monday night game, whether it's a, you know, Sunday, somebody's injured, it's championship week, it's playoff week. You're looking to make an executive decision and you go to who? If you want someone to validate your championship decision, Alfredo, who are some of the people outside of Dave or that you would say, I respect this person's voice and opinion in fantasy football that other that the listeners can sort of, you know, defer to outside of you guys. Not to say that I want to give away any of your business, but you know what I'm saying. That like scratching your head decision you know, you you know what I'm talking about. Who is like your guy that you'll go to, to be like, yo, do you think I should start this one or that one? Do you think I should pull this guy or that guy? And I want both of you guys to answer that. All right. Well, I'm going to preface this with saying I rarely ever do this. I usually like to just go with my faith. But for the sake of your question, right, we're going to talk about this. Uh, well, first of all, it's going to be anyone at football, guys. You know, I got I got to say that I'm a company man. But then to further there. Uh, one of my favorites has been JJ Zacharyson, who runs LateRound.com and is formerly is the, the podcast's Late Round Quarterback. Man, his show, the Late Round Podcast, is awesome. And it's like these bite-sized things where it's like 15 minutes really quick where he answers questions and he's giving you really good data. And it's not something that's so overwhelming that you're just like, I don't know what the heck he's talking about because he's just throwing numbers at me. He's such a smart guy and he's not... I wouldn't like he's not one of those mainstream guys that like a big company. He did it himself and I think that just shows how good he's been in the fantasy football industry that he's just this 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 dude with a microphone that created a website created these rankings and kept making new draft guides and like i'm not trying to put him too high up on the pedestal but jj's a good friend and, and he's a guy that absolutely i will go to probably before dave even honestly 
Okay, Dave, go ahead. Uh, obviously, you, you could obviously say uh, we're gonna, we're, you're gonna go to somebody else beside Alfredo because he just hung you out to dry right here. <laughs> yeah, what I like to do is ask Alfredo, and then whatever advice he gives me, I do the opposite <laughs> yeah, of. It's up. been working well for me for years. No, I'm kidding. Alfredo's great at what he does. Uh, JJ also, who he talks about, is great at what he does. But I've got two friends that uh, you know I, I linked up with back in 2020, and they have become like two of my best friends in this industry, two people that I respect like crazy, Jeff Bell and Steffi Smalls. Michael, I don't know if you know Steffi Smalls or not. She's a big Giants fan. She's super loud on Twitter, so you might have seen her around on there. But I've got a group chat with the two of them, and we basically bounce all of our ideas off each other. If we've got a spicy take and, hey, you know, can we throw this one out into the Twitterverse? Or are we going to get too much backlash? We kind of bounce ideas off of each other. We do a lot of brainstorming with each other. And anytime I have a tough start-sit question, those are the people I reach out to. You can find them on Twitter at Steffi Smalls with three L's and at four, the number four, whom J Bell tolls. They are two fantastic football minds. I don't follow either of them, but I, I am following them as you speak. I want to talk to you about my sort of personal philosophies. As you guys know, my team, Iconic, Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. History of Violence, a.k.a. There Will Be Blood. I am a senior fantasy football analyst. A lot of people say, how did you become that? I say, look it up yourself. Okay, I love fantasy football. My mentality is know your guys, get your guys, know who you want. More importantly, or just as important, is know who you do not want. Key in on free agent movement, offensive line depth, speed kills. I love I love wide receivers that should also, could also be playing two guards in the NBA. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Six foot four, two guards, guys that could be playing for the Chicago Bulls, the OKC Thunder. Okay. I, these are all the philosophies that everybody plays in strength of schedule, weather patterns, uh, top targets, who you're playing. I believe in talking shit. Endlessly, recklessly, I believe in winning the draft, okay? And the way you win the draft is you mock draft and you duress mock draft. Duress mock draft, uh, and I'll share this with your listeners, is anybody could sit here and practice a draft, the computer, the air conditioner is going on, but if you run up and down the hallway 10 times, do 10 push-ups, and then do a draft, that happens. Um, if you draft in the dark, uh, if you draft under the blankets, get yourself into a duress state because when you're drafting, when you are going into your league-wide draft, anything could happen. You might think, I'm getting this guy, that guy, and the other guy. But if you're prepared, if you've done duress mock drafting, when those moments happen, you will be prepared. But the most important philosophy that I have like I said, is know your guys, get your guys, know who you want, and more importantly, know who you don't want. So let me throw these questions at you guys for this season. And this is all, um, I'm deferring to you guys because like I said, I am shaking the cobwebs out. As far as offenses, and you guys could share the answers, uh, piggyback on each other. Uh, you guys probably share some of the same philosophies. Which offenses are in your top tier that you see being the highest scoring teams uh, this season in the league? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I think that one of the, I mean, the easy ones, right, is always going to be like those big three quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Anything that they're running is going to be good. Uh, we were actually just talking about this in our last episode that it's that next tier of quarterbacks and the offenses that they run that can be really exciting this year. So Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, because they really don't have a whole heck of a lot of weaknesses anywhere. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I know that there's obviously, there's always the concerns, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to finish the season? But man, if everything goes well for that team with the new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken in there, that team could surprise a lot of people because it's not going to be the same old boring thing that they've been running for the past few years with Greg Roman calling these like weird high school running plays. It's going to be opening up the field, getting a spread offense out there. And that's what Todd Monken was doing at Georgia with you know this fantastic college offense for the past few years. So um, yeah, if there's two offenses that I'm targeting outside of the obvious ones, these are still kind of still obvious, the Bengals and Ravens, but yeah, th those are really fun. A lot of times going into a season, uh, people will be talking about uh, it's a running back heavy uh, season, it's a wide receiver season, definitely draft a, a wide receiver first, definitely draft a running back first. Obviously, you know, for me, championship a fantasy football 
is about letting the draft come to you uh, because there's surprises. Uh, there's things that you cannot control. Uh, what is your philosophy going into this season of who your first draft pick should be? Should it be a runner? Should it be a receiver? And obviously uh, the variables of where you are in the draft. So I think that's kind of a loaded question, and I'm going to take the cop-out answer here because it depends on your league settings. You know, if you're in an eight-team league or if you're in a 16-team league and if you're in a standard scoring or PPR scoring, that's all going to change. So, uh, Michael, if you don't mind, I'm going to plug my website real quickly here, footballguys.com slash rankings. Check it out, footballguys.com slash rankings. We spend all offseason building this tool. Michael, I'll get you set up on a subscription. You're going to love it. You put in all of the scoring and roster settings, everything about your league, completely customizable, and then it generates a custom custom list of rankings specific to your leagues. Unbelievable product that we put out. But really, that's what it comes down to is, you know, you want to know your league settings. But if we're just talking like a 12-team standard. Well, that's like 10, what I'm 12, into. 12-team standard. I'm not into any of this kooky, wacky. I haven't gotten into any of the... Um, You're not into IDP, the, uh, man? No, no. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten into it. And, and I will get into it at some point. This season's not going to be it. I'm in two leagues only this season. It's all I could take emotionally. One season I was in four leagues. And, like, I literally felt like, you know, by week eight, like they should institutionalize me. You know, so I, I, I'm in these two leagues that I want to destroy. Uh, but, yeah, I'm in straight up 12-man uh, league and a 10-man league. And are, do you know if they're PPR, where you get the points per reception, or is there no PPR in there? Dave, Dave, do I know if it's a PPR? You got that. That's step one to fantasy. You got to know your league settings. Do I know it? It's a PPR. Of course, it's PPR. All right. Well, that makes the question super easy then. So if you're yes. if you're picking in the top five, I think there is a very clear cut top five this year: Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So if you got a top five pick, I'm not looking at running back because I want one of those five. After the even top over five, the good Christian. What about the good Christian? Even over the good Christian, I like him. He's a good Christian boy, but I, I I just get a little bit nervous. I mean, he's been hurt a lot throughout his career, and last year he was healthy. So now everybody's kind of tricking themselves into thinking, eh, well, he did it last year. He's going to do it again this year. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say the same thing about Saquon Barkley, but it's very rare that we see a running back play back-to-back -back seasons where he's fully healthy for the entire year. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, we use the term fragility all the time when talking about running backs because the hits that they take and the amount of touches that they take, they get hurt. So you are safer investing in these wide receivers. They're less likely to get hurt. We're better at projecting for them. And every single year, year after year after year, we see these league winning running backs popping up in like the eighth round, ninth round, 10th round. Like last year, Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in football, and you were getting him in round eight. So I want to lock in those wide receivers early, and then I'll take my chances on some late round running backs. Um, As of the recording of this podcast, um, Saquon Barkley, what, what do you think his deal? What is it? Is it one year for eleven million dollars? That's what it was. Yeah, I gotta it be honest. Been one year for I, ten point one on the franchise. I gotta be honest. I think that is fucking rude, man. I think this whole running back thing is fucking rude. Obviously, this is a fantasy football podcast. We're talking fantasy football, but you know, running backs across. And I don't want to go too down deep down this rabbit hole. But I feel like it's rude for Saquon. I feel like it's rude for all these running backs. And I think it's an NFL problem as a whole uh, and a union problem that needs to be dealt with. But to sign Saquon for one year for $10.1 million is to me is fucking disgusting. I think it's rude. I'm what completely. do you think and of the could, deal? We can go as deep down this rabbit hole as you want because I am all about like player empowerment. I don't know if you can see behind me. I got a Lamar Jackson jersey. I put this jersey up when he was fighting for his contract because I thought he deserved to get paid. And I, I, I hate the way that you know they're trying to like marginalize NFL players nowadays, and especially at the running back position. I've heard some really creative solutions as to how to kind of get around this because. At the end of the day, I mean, when you look at it, they are the position that's most likely to get injured. They have the shortest careers. So what NFL teams have decided to do is we're going to draft these guys on a rookie contract. We're going to burn through them in four to five years, and then we're going to kick them to the curb. And I'm with you. It's disgusting. It's rude. It's terrible. So I think that there are some ways to kind of work around this. I think the most creative solution I have heard so far 
is that running back salary should not count towards the salary cap. That way it completely opens the market uh, up. Right now, everybody's trying to allocate their money to the premium positions. They want their edge rushers. They want their quarterbacks. They want their receivers. But if we can say that, hey, running backs no longer hit against the salary cap, then it's an open market. Then these you know these billionaire owners got to start making money fly and sign whoever they want for whatever they want. So I think that's kind of the way to get around it because just the nature of the running back position if you're looking at it from a you know a, a fiscal way, trying to think of the smartest way to sign these guys, that's the way to do it. You draft them as a rookie. If they're good after the end of their rookie deal, you slap them with a franchise tag. If they play well on that, you hit them with another franchise tag. And then after that, they're 27, 28 years old, and their career is basically over. It's sad, but it's the nature of the business. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But fortunately for the Giants and Giants fans and fantasy football fans, Saquon is uh, going to be playing and hopefully uh, going to be playing all uh, 17 games this season. I am Rappaport Podcast. Mother's Day is right around the corner and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts bring a little optimism into your life with the bright side a new kind of daily podcast from hello sunshine hosted by me danielle robay and me simone voice Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. If you are serious about watching sports and betting to win, then you need to join my team, the winning team, at CaptainPicks.com. Sports betting is legal in 30 states and dozens of countries around the world. If you aren't playing to win, then you're missing out. If you aren't playing to win, why are you playing? Captain Picks, we are now introducing our best offer ever. Individual sports sent to you daily for 50 per week trust me trust me if you play with the captains $50 won't be anything sign up to get picks every day in baseball basketball golf soccer tennis football or rugby or sign up for all sports access be smart with your money join the captains okay www.captainpicks.com you gotta be in it to win it. Trust me, I'm a captain. You should be a captain too. Quarterbacks. Um, I feel like this year, um, we, we touched upon it in, in terms of the offenses, but if you're not getting my homeboy, Big Josh, Hertz, Herbert, Lamar, Joey Ballgame, uh, you could be in trouble. 
I targeted uh, Joey Burrow mid-rounds last year and got him. And he changed everything for me. Um, these are the names of the of the guys uh, that everybody knows, the guys I just mentioned. Who are the other quarterbacks that can win you a championship this year outside of the, you know, the stars that I just mentioned? Yeah, I think that there's going to be... we. So- we saw this like late round quarterback draft strategy. It's not totally dead. Last year, Justin Fields was really good from the late rounds. Daniel Jones, your boy from the Giants, he was good. Uh, I think there's going to be quite a few. There's one that I'm not totally sold on him yet, but Dave does love him. And it's Deshaun Watson playing over in Cleveland. Uh, if he can return to the form that he used to be in, like uh, to stop thinking about the off the field stuff and just think about fantasy football for the moment. If he's playing, isn't it sick that we can't I in know. fantasy football? It's sick. It's sick, but go ahead. Sorry to interrupt no, you. No, no, you're good. You're good. And it's just, if he can play the way he did three years ago and be at a near MVP level, that's a guy that potentially wins your league. Um, just like Dave talking about the person over his shoulder, I've got Dolphin stuff over my shoulder. If Tua Tagovailoa can stay healthy and avoid the concussions, oh my gosh, is that offense so good? You talk about all these fast wide receivers that you love so much, Michael. Like that is the team that if, if you're going to have this mad scientist genius, Mike McDaniel, running that offense, Tua Tungavailoa, who who showed last year he can be one of the most accurate, deadly quarterbacks in the league, that offense could really fly. That's a guy that I like later. And if you're just going like really deep into your bag, man, Matthew Stafford has... We kind of forgot how good he was when they went to the Super Bowl and he's getting that injury discount right now. That's still a Sean McVay-led offense. They still have Cooper Cup on this team. That's still a team around him that can be pretty damn good and Matthew Stafford was good for fantasy and he's going as like the quarterback 20 21 like you're you're throwing late 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 round picks at him so it doesn't even cost you anything I, I just want to real quickly we haven't mentioned Justin Fields and and Michael I'm a you Chicagoan, were about to explode so if we didn't say Justin Fields names one more time right how are we talking about all these good fantasy quarterbacks and not talking about Justin Fields who just had the second most rushing yards in NFL history for a quarterback and if you've played fantasy football before you know that rushing quarterbacks are a cheat code I looked at it yesterday and the rushing output alone from Justin Fields last year like if he didn't attempt a single pass he still would have been a top 20 quarterback so any passing volume that you're getting on top of that is just the cherry on top Justin Fields uh you know again not trying to sound like a homer here but I'm trying to get him in as many drafts as I can this year okay I like that the Aaron in the room aka the elephant in the room what do you see uh from Aaron Rodgers and the New York football Jets J-E-T-S Jets 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 that's a tough one. Um, and we, we've seen like extreme ends of like what these over the hill quarterbacks can look like on new teams. Like we saw Peyton, Peyton Manning going to Denver and win a Super Bowl in the second year. We saw Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl. We saw Matthew Stafford go to Los Angeles and win a Super Bowl. But we also saw Russell Wilson in Denver last year just face plant terribly. We saw Matt Ryan in Indianapolis look absolutely terrible. So the range of outcomes is so wide. The one thing that scares me off a little bit is if you look historically, it takes Aaron Rodgers years to build that trust with his receivers. I mean, Devontae Adams didn't hit 1,000 yards until his fourth year in the league, and every single time a guy would come in, whether it was Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, it didn't matter. He slowly kind of warmed up to these guys, took years to build that trust, build that chemistry. So I think it was very intentional when he went to New York for them to bring in Randall Cobb and bring in Alan Lazard and bring in these old friends. The reality is Garrett Wilson is the best receiver that he's played with next to Devontae Adams, but I I worry that that trust and chemistry isn't going to be there in year one. By the time they finally build that, then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is 41, 42 years old. So I'm a little bit pessimistic about the Jets. I don't think that they're going to be as good as some people hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trevor with the good hair, Trevor Lawrence, is he going to finally, finally uh, break out or Kenny Pickett? Which one of these guys you think is going to have a a better season or are they both going to step it up this year? Oh, man, I think if, if we're going Trevor Lawrence versus Kenny Pickett, that feels an easy one for me. That's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think we saw him really pick it up last year as the season went on. And it's that's kind of what you look for in these young guys. Sometimes you see it with rookies, but when you see it on a second-year guy like that where they get better as the season gets later and the competition gets tougher and he's playing even better in the playoffs— that's a guy that you're going into the season and you're not nearly as worried about. You're not saying, okay, well, does he have the mental aspect of the game? Like, No, he's playing. He's ready to go. He's going to be his in his second year in this offensive system, so he's going to know the playbook even better. Now, and I'm not sure how excited I am about him, but you, now you add Calvin Ridley to that offense. 
Uh, I think that Trevor Lawrence, if there's one of those guys that might surprise us all and kind of join the that elite tier of quarterbacks, it could very well be Trevor Lawrence. I think that we don't we don't look at his running ability as much as as we should. He was really good at it in college, uh, and I think that's that might be one of those missing pieces of his game. Kenny Pickett, he could be better, right? I think he could be better, but I think he's going to end up being one of those like. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff kind of guys, maybe for his career. That whole offense is still really, really dumbed down. Like all he would do is just let's run to the right and throw to that single receiver and cut the field in half. And that's all Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator did. So unless they change that and fire him or something, yeah, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence in that all day. Quick hits on, are you in or are you out? Dak Prescott, would you draft him? I'm out on Dak Prescott. I mean, his best year was back in 2019, and that was before his ankle injury. And since the ankle injury, he lost the mobility. He's not rushing near the goal line like he used to be. And the real thing that scares me is the new play call in there. Mike McCarthy is going to be in charge of play calling, and that is not good for offenses. Derek Carr. I'm actually in on Derek Carr just because I, I, not like that in, but I do like that his pairing with Chris Olave. I think that Saints offense could be really good in the NFC South that is wide open for competition. So I think he's okay if you're going to pair him with Chris Olave. Um, Daniel Jones. Oh, I'm so in on Daniel Jones. I love this guy. Year two with Brian Dable. We saw what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen, and we started to see those baby steps in year one with Daniel Jones. So completely in on him. I can't stand this this guy with fantasy and Kirk Cousins. He's he's my number one least favorite person in fantasy football because of some stuff that happened a couple of years ago. Drop the Joey Wright quote. Drop it, Alfredo. You know what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh, no, you can't. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember the dang quote, man. Kirk Cousins is great if you don't want to lose your league, but he is not going to win you there your you league. Go. That's it. I mean, he is just as vanilla as it comes. My my favorite <laughs> comparison for Kirk Cousins is that he's oatmeal. Like he will, he'll feed you so you don't die, but you didn't really enjoy your meal. And that's kind of the same thing with fantasy. Like if you're going to play fantasy football, like go have fun with it. Draft a quarterback and an offense that's going to be a lot of fun. Kirk Cousins just ain't that. Geno Smith. Ooh, I really like Geno. I really like Geno. They put a whole bunch of pieces around him. Uh, another pa- a pass catching running back in Zach Charbonnet, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was my top rated wide receiver from that rookie class. And that offensive line, who was young last year with a couple rookies, got even better. So, yeah. I, and I love the draft cost, too, for Geno. He's not even going as a top 12 quarterback. So, you don't have to spend a lot to get him. And finally, Russell, the love muscle Wilson. Is he going to be able to uh, bounce back from a disgusting. Uh, first season as a Denver Bronco. I'm glad you brought this up because Russell Wilson has been a guy that I have been beating the drum for all offseason. Last year, he finished as QB 17. This year, he's getting drafted as QB 18. So people are expecting him to get worse. I think Sean Payton revamps that offense. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was a joke last year. I think we could just completely throw away everything we saw last year. Prior to last season, Russell Wilson was a top 10 fantasy quarterback for eight straight seasons. He was top three in four of those eight seasons. I'm completely invested in a Russell Wilson bounce back this year. I want both of you guys to answer this, and you can't copy the same answer. I truly believe, for myself as included, and and probably not for you guys, because you guys are serious, serious, uh, deep, deep, deep professional fantasy football people. In six to eight months, give me the name of a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a running back, rookies that are going to, or second-year guys that we don't know the name of, that are going to change our life, that fantasy football champions are going to be in love with like who are the rookies in each position that fantasy football uh, players are going to be in love with and they're going to become uh, when somebody does good by me I consider them family members uh, obviously you know the Bryce Youngs the CJ Strouds the Anthony Richardsons so give me a quarterback a receiver uh, and a, a running back uh, that you feel like who's going to emerge this year So I think the three quarterbacks that you just listed are the only ones that are ever going to be relevant out of this class. Um, Alfredo, I know you like Stetson Bennett a little bit, and I think that he has some potential. I don't know if he's going to get his chance. I think CJ Stroud, though, is the guy. He's got some sneaky rushing upside. We saw the same thing with Justin Fields when he was at Ohio State. Never ran the ball because they didn't have to because they had such good receivers that were getting open all the time. I think CJ Stroud has that same type of athleticism that we didn't see in college that he can unlock a little bit in the NFL. On top of that, he's going to be playing in a Kyle Shan Shanahan-esque offense under D'Amico Ryans. So C.J. Stroud, I've got him uh, you know, ranked ahead of all of the other rookie quarterbacks. I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. 
Yeah, for me, the quarterback, I love C.J. Stroud, but I'm going to go a different direction. Bryce Young, he's that Steph Curry out there on, on the floor for for the quarterback position, man. And like he's going to, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the head coach, Dave, if you got me for the Panthers, where he used to be the coach Wait. of the Colts. Frank Reich. Frank Reich, yeah. So he's going to an offense that has given you fantasy success before. And Bryce Young was doing this last year. Made Carson year. Wentz look good. Yeah, man. So like, if you can make Carson Wentz look good, Bryce Young, yeah. number one overall pick, the only problem people had with him was not his skill. It was his size. So yeah, I, I'm, I like Bryce Young for next year. And what about our running backs? I mean, I, we could both say Bijan Robinson, but I think we'll go a little bit deep. Bijan is going to be, I mean, he, he's as good as Saquon. He's as good as Zeke, as good as Gurley. You put him up there with any of them. But Jameer Gibbs seems like the forgotten guy in this class because Bijan Robinson is getting so much hype. Jameer Gibbs was unbelievable in college. And then the team put a 12th overall draft pick into him. If you look historically over the last decade, every single running back that has finished been drafted inside the top 12 has finished as a top 10 running back or better. So I think uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to put the league on notice this year yeah those those are the two guys and then what about our, our wide receiver that's going to change somebody's life hopefully mine yeah at the wide receivers man i i really love the opportunity for jackson smith and jigba i i spoke about him a little bit earlier and this is one of those guys i think for all the wide receivers in this draft class it's going to take a little bit of time right uh, i think jordan addison is probably going to get more opportunity earlier but I think also his production is always going to be capped with Justin Jefferson there. Whereas I think for that Seahawks offense, Jackson Smith and Jigba does something so different from what DK Metcalf does, meaning like he's getting open underneath, he's playing in the slot. He can be a quarterback's best friend while DK Metcalf is kind of like the big explosive play guy. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, just one of the best college production profiles we've seen, a guy who I think should have probably gone earlier in this draft. He's one of those that I think that as we get into fantasy playoff time, whoever drafted him is going to be really happy that he's their wide receiver three or four on their team. Um, all right. I like that. I like uh, all these answers. Um, as far as the running backs, uh, I want to throw names at you guys and just uh, see if you're uh, in or you're out. Cause he, we didn't mention his name and I know why people stop mentioning his name, but every season he does it. Derek, the truck Henry has not come up in this podcast. Derek, the truck, Henry, where are you on the truck? The truck driver, the 18-wheel truck known as Derrick Henry. I'm so in on Darren Henry, Derrick Henry. And if you look right now, he is slipping into like the third rounds in some drafts. Like people just have written this guy off for dead. Last year, we saw him getting more involved in the passing game, which is great. Now with DeAndre Hopkins there, defenses are going to have to change the way that they play against the Titans. Last year, Derrick Henry saw more loaded fronts than almost any running back in the league. I mean, every single time he was touching the ball, there were seven guys just waiting there to stop him. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is going to keep defenses a little bit more honest. Derrick Henry hasn't even shown signs of slowing down. Somehow he just keeps getting better. So I am way in on Derrick Henry this year. I agree. I don't know what, what like, we haven't seen anything. All we've seen is him continue to kick ass, and we've seen him on Instagram doing feats that mere <laughs> mortals uh, wouldn't even think about doing. Uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, I think Austin Eckler's still going to be good, man. He's going into this, he's going to be part of this Kellen Moore offense that we saw last year made Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott relevant for fantasy football. And Austin Eckler's still going to be involved in that passing game. You can't just, no matter what offense you bring in, you don't necessarily change the tendencies of a quarterback. So Justin Herbert's still going to uh, be targeting Austin Eckler. And man, if, if he's still going to get used near the goal line and they're not signing anyone else, they haven't done that yet. Austin Eckler's still going to be a very valuable running back. Another one of those guys that's seeking the big contract. Smoking Joe Mixon, in or out? I, I'm in right now because he's getting drafted in like the fourth or fifth round. But I think that as we start getting closer and closer to kickoff, he's going to start moving up draft boards a little bit. He was suppressed in value because of the contract concerns. But it worries me. You know, we talked about how rude teams I've been to running backs lately and they basically told Joe Mixon you either sign for half of what we were paying you or you know kick rocks go find another team to play for so he had to sign on that line and I'm kind of worried that this year with Chris Evans there and with Chase Brown there and with Travion Williams there he's not going to be seeing you know the 25 30 touches a game that he saw historically and Alfredo we made this joke on our show last week but 
Joe Mixon only seems to try like one week out of the year. It's like he goes out there for 16 weeks and doesn't care. Yeah, and then he has that one week where he goes for like 200 yards and five touchdowns, and then the rest of the season he doesn't care at all. He's a frustrating player to own. I think I'm going to be out on Joe Mixon by the time Mm. week one rolls around. The chubby one, Nick Chubb, Nicholas Chubb. Where are we at on Nick? Yeah, give me give me all the chubby bunny, man. I'm all about Nick Chubb this <laughs> this this season. Like we said earlier with Deshaun Watson, if that Browns offense is even just a little bit better, that's going to provide more scoring opportunities for Nick Chubb, who really had to continuously put the team on his back for years and years and years. And so now he doesn't have Kareem Hunt as his running mate in that backfield anymore. So you're talking about a guy that could get more volume, whether it's through carries, through uh, the passing game, which I mean we. We kind of always say a reception for a running back is worth, what, 1.5 or two times as much? 2.5. 2.5. I'm not a numbers guy, Dave, but it's worth 2.5, the amount of <laughs> points for uh, in comparison to a carry. So if Nick Chubb is going to get more work in the passing game, more opportunities to score touchdowns, and that offense can be a little bit better, the volume is guaranteed. He's already got a really good floor. We called him a Volvo last week because he's just a really safe, safe pick early. But man, if all of a sudden that Volvo is getting more fantasy football volume, it turns into a Rolls Royce real quick. Kenneth the Skywalker. You know, I know Alfredo just went, I am out on Kenneth Walker, and I know Alfredo hates me for this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I like Zach Charbonnet a lot. And Zach Charbonnet, he's a bigger back. He's a faster back. He caught a lot more passes in college. So, you know, what we saw from Kenneth Walker last year was great, but we can't ignore that the team spent a premium second-round pick on a running back this year. And this is Pete Carroll, you know, the guy we never knew if it was going to be Chris Carson or Rashad Penny. Like, he likes these running back shenanigans, and I think we see a lot of those shenanigans in 2023. So give me Zach Charbonnet, who's the much cheaper of the two, and I think a very similar prospect. You're wrong, but that's okay. Um, he's now in Carolina, Miles Sanders. Um, I, I wanted to be in on Miles Sanders. I wanted to be excited about him, but I mean, he's getting drafted as a top 20 running back right now. We saw him have the best season of his career last year. And it was all in the back of getting a lot of touchdowns, a lot of work in a really, really, really good Philadelphia Eagles offense. And so I feel like we've already seen the ceiling, right? Like, you know how good he can be, and then you're kind of still drafting him around that cost. And a Carolina Panthers offense, who we know, as much as I like Bryce Young for the future, rookie quarterbacks don't usually spell success for fantasy football for the entire offense. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm not targeting Miles Sanders in drafts. Where are you at on Ramadre? I am completely out on Ramadre Stevenson. And you talked about it, Michael. Like try, one, one of the things that you try to do is, like, guess free agency moves Do we really think that this is the final Patriots roster? Do we think that Bill Belichick is going into the season with Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris as the only other running backs? I don't think so. You know, they worked out Leonard Fournette and they apparently made him an offer. Right now, if you look at betting odds, Dalvin Cook is the favorite to land in New England. So that's my fear is that right now we're drafting Ramadre Stevenson as a top 10 running back because we expect him to get all the touches. But this is Bill Belichick. We can't ignore 30 years of coaching tendencies. The reality is that he is going to be splitting touches with some and I think that we're just drafting him way too high right now. Um, Aaron Jones, are we in or are we out? I like Aaron Jones still. Like I'm, I'm in because he's a value. I'm not in because I'm saying, ooh, he's going to finish as a top five guy and the ceiling's really high. Uh, I'm in because he's a Toyota Camry. Like he's a, he's a safe, reliable RB two. And as far as a deeper round running backs, uh, you know the word sleepers thrown around. You know, guys like James Cook, uh, Damian Pierce. Give me some names. Like, give me something that I'm going to wind up hitting you up about. Give me it now as opposed to me hitting you up the last minute before my draft or, like, you know, after my draft. Like, give me, like, a little stardust. So so you said James Cook, and I'm going to go with the same team, but I'm going with a different guy in the backfield there, Damian Harris. I love Damian Harris so much. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite running backs in the league, and really the only thing that's held him back throughout his career so far has been injuries. Uh, but two years ago, when he was healthy, he led the team in touchdowns. He was also graded as PFF's best running back in that year, and now he walks into a role that was vacated by Devin Singletary that for four straight years gave him more touches than Damian Harris ever saw during his time in New England. So we expect him to just walk right into that role that's going to give him a ton of volume on an explosive offense. He's going to score a bunch of touchdowns and right now you can get Damian Harris as like the running back 30 running back 35 off the board and I think he has realistic potential if he starts scoring those touchdowns to finish as a top 10 top 12 running back 
Alfredo, I need something from you. Yeah, right. Actually, right just a few spots down in the rankings and in the average draft position, Khalil Herbert running back for the Chicago Bears. These these are the type of situations you want to actually look at and find the value is those ambiguous running back situations where you've got two, three, sometimes even four guys. And you're just like, I don't know who's going to be the best one to come out of this. But because of that, and because of that confusion, you end up with these draft value players just like Damian Harris and Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert was so good last year when he played. He was one of the best running backs in football when he actually played. And he was dealing with competition from David Montgomery, who... I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that crazy to say that David Montgomery is a better player than Deontay Foreman and rookie Roshan Johnson, who are there now in the Bears. So this is, once again, it's kind of the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. If the offense is better, that leads to more opportunities and scoring opportunities for Khalil Herbert. And if he remains playing at that same level that he was last year, I don't see a reason why he can't beat out the competition that's there and at least get the lion's share of the work. Not all of it, but most of it. I am Rappaport Podcast. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I want to shift uh, quick to our uh, wide receivers. We, we've talked some names and stuff like that. I want in or out on these wide receivers. Uh, but just a specific question. Uh, what is your take on uh, Baker under center in Tampa Bay with Chris Godwin, Big Mike Evans. Uh, what's going to happen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, Baker Mayfield turned prime Odell Beckham Jr. into a pumpkin. I mean, like that guy came from New York looking like one of the best receivers in the league, then showed up in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield and was terrible. So I'm worried, and, and it sucks because Chris Godwin is one of my favorite players in the league. Mike Evans has been steady Eddie consistently every single year, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about Baker Mayfield and what he's going to do to that offense. And what do you think about Devontae Adams getting passes from Jimmy Garoppolo in Las Vegas? I think we've seen that Devontae Adams can can produce no matter who the quarterback is. Like last year, I mean, I know he's not horrible, but I don't think there's a huge difference between a guy like Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. 
And Devontae Adams was still able to be, what, a top three wide receiver last year for fantasy? I mean, you could you could put pretty much anyone back there at quarterback, and Devontae is so damn talented that it's just not going to matter. So yeah, I'm still in on him, and especially at the fact that his draft cost keeps going down. He's going as like the wide receiver seven or eight or something like that. Do you guys think, uh, we mentioned Tua and obviously uh, uh, Miami, his health, but is there enough footballs to go around in Miami? In general, we got Tyreek the Freak, we got Waddle Waddle. Uh, where are you guys on, on Miami and those two players? Obviously, they're both sick, but do they cancel each other out? I mean, they didn't really cancel each other out last year. They both ate. Uh, what's your take on them this year? Alfredo, you're the Dolphins fan, man. You take this I one because you give good objective opinions on the Dolphins. So go for I, it. I was hoping you'd pass this to me. So yeah, Michael, you're right. Like there's not a lot of, you know, there, there's only so many footballs to go around, but the Dolphins were the team that targeted the wide receiver position. And we're talking about target share comparatively more than anyone else. They, they like don't even have a real tight end on their roster. That's going to catch passes. They do not throw to the running backs. That's not a thing that Tua does or that Mike McDaniels has really put into that offense. So yeah, you're going to continue to see that with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. And I think kind of the next question then is like, what happens if Tua is not there? I don't think it matters because of the concepts that right. the, that this team is using. They're using very simple concepts that put very talented and fast players in space that a lot of what they're doing is being able to create after the catch. All right, in or out on these players, C.D. Lamb. I'm I'm so in on CD Lamb. Uh, this dude is just a target hog. Like the passing offense runs through him, and it's tough. You know, I debate this a lot. I talked about those like top guys that uh, you know Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, Cooper Cup, and Tyree Hill. Part of me wants to put CD Lamb in that discussion, like as the back end guy in that tier. I think he could take a step forward. I think the thing with CD Lamb is we kind of get spoiled and we get very anxious and we want guys to produce immediately. CD Lamb didn't come out guns blazing as a rookie. It took him a couple of years to warm up, but he has established himself as one of the best receivers in the league. Stefan Diggs. I think it's hard to be out on Stefan Diggs. He's still the primary pass catcher in a Josh Allen-led offense. Uh, I think you get some of those same concerns that people get with like Derrick Henry is always getting older. That doesn't concern me as much with players with wide receivers that are really good route runners. And Diggs is one of the best route runners in the league. He doesn't have to beat you with speed or or muscle or size. He just leaves you standing five yards away while he's wide open for those catches. So yeah, he's going to continue to get the volume and, and continue to produce. Sun God, St. Brown. I'm so in on this guy. I just wrote an article about him recently. This blew my mind. As far as first two years in the league go, Amandre St. Brown has more receptions than anybody in NFL history through his first two years, and that's being a part-time player for half of his rookie season. Wow. That's dealing with injuries in year two. This dude is a freak. If you look yeah. at the games that he has been healthy, you know, we talk about volume all the time for running backs, but volume for wide receivers is important too. You want the guys that get a lot of targets. In games where he has been healthy, 17 of his last 19 games, he has pulled nine or more targets. He is just completely defying the odds of a fourth round wide receiver. Uh, I've got him right now ahead of AJ Brown, ahead of Stefan Diggs, ahead of Devontae Adams. I've got him as my wide receiver six in rankings this year. Wow. Okay, cool. I like that. I, I definitely got to get set up with your uh, your site and, and all these rankings because uh, it's time to really uh, get super duper focused. Uh, we mentioned DK, DK Metcalf, uh, candy, the candy man. Uh, where do you stand on him? DK, I'm not as excited about this year, only because there's been so much added competition. I mentioned uh, JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Dave mentioned Zach Charbonnet, the pass-catching running back who's been brought in. And uh, the other thing, too, is it, we talk about how this team may want to actually start running the ball a bit more than they did last year now that they have two running backs. So DK, I think he's still going to be a good wide receiver, too. He's still going to give you some of those weeks where he wins you the entire week on his own. But it's going to be a matter of you don't know what that volume is always going to be. So uh, at his cost, I'm out. I just want to say, you called him Candyman. Like, this dude is rolling in money. Why doesn't he have a personal chef? Like, the way that this guy looks, as big as he is, could you imagine if he was eating a healthy, normal diet? I can't believe it. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe we should get rid of the personal chefs and, you know, the carrot juice and start eating Skittles, you know, all day. Coffee and I, candy. I, yeah. If I, did, if I did that, I would, who knows what would happen to me. It'd be like, be like doing drugs. Like, it'd be like doing crack. <laughs> If I had Skittles all day, like I'd be wandering around the streets naked. <laughs> Christian Kirk. 
Oh, I love Christian Kirk, man. If I knew we were going to be talking about Christian Kirk, I'd be wearing my Christian Kirk ter- shirt right now. Um, the dude was so underrated his entire time in Arizona. And then we finally see him get to be the primary weapon on an offense. I know we were talking about Calvin Ridley a little bit more, and I think that Calvin Ridley will help this Jaguars offense take a step forward. But uh, all of our guys at Football Guys, if you look at our consensus rankings, most websites prefer Calvin Ridley to Christian Kirk. Us football guys, we're standing on an island on our own, still liking Christian Kirk more than Calvin Ridley this year. And where are you guys on Juju now that he's in New England? Oof, not a big fan of that, Juju being in New England. I mean, on the surface, it feels like it makes sense because he's going to have this volume, right? Like, who else do they have there? They just gave Devontae Parker, who's like on his very last ligament, uh, a contract, but... Uh, Juju's coming off of injury his own, and and Mac Jones really hasn't shown that he's going to support a high-end fantasy wide receiver. I think the best we've got was seeing Jacoby Myers, who Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster are so much the same player, they basically signed the exact same contract and and just signed elsewhere. So I don't think that we're going to see him be much more than what he's kind of been for the last few years in his career. just like a wide receiver three, maybe in that top 40 range. Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen. When he was healthy last year, he was putting up top four numbers. And yeah, he missed some early time early on in the season, and he's getting up there in age. But like we were talking about with Stephon Diggs, he is a technician as a route runner. Like, look through Keenan Allen's entire history. Have you ever seen Keenan Allen get blown up on a play? Like, he's not that type of player. He creates so much separation, catches the ball, goes down, avoids contact. I think he's still got a few years left in the tank. And right now, he's falling like outside of the third and fourth round. You can get Keenan Allen so late in drafts and he still can be a top five guy i agree i agree with you uh d hop where are we at Ooh, d hop i i think dave and i both have the same thoughts on this we love the player we kind of like that he might get some volume but it's going to be limited volume with ryan Tannehill in that that titans offense i think it worked when it was aj brown and he's catching 50 yard bombs and he's scoring double digit touchdowns i don't know how much that still happens with deandre hopkins so he gets a little bump down but i'm not I'm not saying no to him, but I'm not actively targeting him. I'm happy for him, though. He got the bag. He got a lot of money, and I'm happy for him. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of getting the bag, I mean, this is... What did he get? Did he get $15 million, Odell Beckham? (laughs) That was an unbelievable contract. Did he get $15 million? Fifteen million guaranteed. Like he doesn't even have to play a game. He could he could hurt himself in practice tomorrow and get his fifteen million dollar check. Uh, I, I don't know who his agent is, but I need to get in touch with him because he he pulled some magic there. So happy for Odell Beckham Jr. and getting the bag. But man, I want nothing to do with him in fantasy football this year. I just wrote up about Odell Beckham Jr. Actually, it's going to come out in one of our staff uh, roundtable articles. I think he's going to be the fourth option in Baltimore. I think Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, and Mark Andrews are all going to get more targets than him i mean hey i'm happy for him but i don't want him on my fantasy team this is all great i'm not going to keep you guys much longer i really appreciate this every season tight ends you don't want to draft them but then you need them travis kels destroys you uh you know if you don't have them and then you're like i need a tight end you know some weeks your tight end wins you a game some weeks uh, your tight end is like what is your philosophy on tight ends this season uh, is there's a lot of hype on uh, Laporta in Detroit, Kincaid in Buffalo. Just give me your overall 2023 fantasy football tight end philosophy. I think that there's three guys that I'll pay up for. Travis Kelsey, if you get him in the first round, you're not going to go wrong there. Mark Andrews, you can get him in like the late second, early third round. He'll pay off there. Outside of that, there's really only one guy that I'm willing to pay up for. If I can't get Darren Waller, who I think is going to be the number one pass catcher for the Giants, if I can't get one of those three, Kelsey, uh, Waller, or Mark Andrews, I'm pretty much waiting until the very end of my draft. I'll just throw it a dart at whoever's available, and I'm probably just going to end up streaming tight end anyway. I don't want to fall for those middle round traps because it happens every single year where you draft these guys in like the seventh, eighth, ninth round. They suck. You dropped them from your roster by week three and end up streaming anyway. So if I can't get one of those three guys, I'm just waiting until the very end and I'll figure it out during the season. Yeah. Wow. That, okay. I'm, I'm same thing as Dave. Like that's the philosophy at the tight end position is you either go great or late. You get one of those top two guys or you just wait. 
because you've got so many players that end up very similar. We talked about running backs from the mid rounds that like outproduce. Same thing happens at tight end. You got these like athletic young guys, the David and Joku's, Greg Dulcich, uh, Tyler Higby. Dave, wasn't he like tight end four or something like that throughout like the the, the back end of last year? Um, you got these, Gerald Everett, Jawan Johnson. Like, there's so many names of these athletic tight ends that you're drafting with one of your you know 14th round picks that you don't really have to invest heavy on. Uh, so yeah, great or late, that's it for tight end. I, I hear you. How early would you would you go on Travis Kels? If you're in a fir- a 12-man league, would you pick him in your first round? So I've got him fifth off the board. That's where I'm taking him. I want those wide receivers first, but I'm taking Travis Kelsey before I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, before I'm taking Austin Eckler, and I'm not advocating for this. I'm not saying I would do it, but if somebody took Travis Kelsey as the number one pick off the board... I wouldn't really judge him that much. You know, he gives you such a positional advantage. Like you are getting like, he's putting up top two, top three wide receiver numbers and you could play him at a position where everybody else is hoping for five points a week. So uh, yeah, if you want to take him as early as the first pick off the board, I wouldn't judge anybody for it. We've talked quarterbacks. We've talked wide receivers. We've talked running backs. The one name that has not come up in this conversation is a pure football player. I consider him a family member. He's probably my favorite fantasy football player. Debo Samuel is, if it was a tsunami and I saw Debo Samuel on the side of the road and he had a flat tire, I would pull over, (laughs) get out of my car and tell him to take my car. I love Debo Samuel. I don't know how his name hasn't come up. In this conversation, what's your take on Debo and everything that's going on in San Francisco right now? So I've been doing fantasy football content for a few years. I don't want to say like I got famous from Debo Samuel, but that was like my big like claim to fame going into the 2021 offseason. I was all over Debo Samuel, drafted him in all of my leagues. I had like 100 tweets from that offseason saying Debo Samuel is going to be the guy. And he blew my expectations away. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, maybe, you know, a top 10, top 15 guy. And he was the number two fantasy receiver behind only Cooper Cup. But I think that that year was kind of an outlier. And and this is tough for me to say because, like, watching Debo Samuel, the football player, watching his highlights, watching what he does on the field, he's one of my favorite players. But he's been in the league for four years now. And in three of those four seasons, he was a wide receiver three. In one of those seasons, he was an elite wide receiver one. And in that season, they drafted Trey Sermon, who was a bust. Elijah Mitchell got hurt. And then all of a sudden, he's taking goal line snaps and he's getting, what was it, like 13 touchdowns or something like that. Now it's a very different offense. Now they got Christian McCaffrey in there, and Christian McCaffrey is taking all of those touches that made Debo Samuel so valuable in 2021. So it's tough for me to say because Debo Samuel was like the guy that really helped me kind of propel my uh, my, my career in this industry, one of my favorite players to watch. But I, I am not drafting him that much this year, unfortunately. Wow. I know. Wow. It's tough. It's tough. Hey, listen. There's a lot of mouths to feed, man. They got Brandon Ayuk. They got George Kittle. They got Christian McCaffrey. There is a lot, a lot of really good players on that offense, and it's just the numbers game. You know, there's only so many touchdowns and so many yards that can go around. My my number one, my number one line to live by when it comes to fantasy football is there are no feelings, not one. There's no feelings in fantasy football. Zero point zero feelings. Bring your feelings somewhere else. Do not bring them to a draft. Do not bring your feelings. My final question for you guys, what does a Sunday look like for you guys? Is there TVs? Is there monitors? Like, like Alfredo, are you home? Are you at a bar? Are you at a friend's? Like, what, what does it look like? So last year was very stressful Sunday mornings because you're trying to, one, you're trying to set up all your rankings so that everyone who follows you and takes your advice has those rankings ready to go. Then as an analyst, you're also doing like these live start sit things where you're on, on air for a good hour taking questions. And then at the very last minute, you're like, oh, damn, I got to go run and set all my lineups and make sure that I've got everything <laughs> right. So yeah, it's a little stressful. Once the games actually hit, I am parked on my couch for eight hours of commercial free football with Scott Hansen and NFL red zone. And I'm not moving. And I have told my wife this, that when we get to those Sundays and the games are on, that is it. I love your grandma and visiting your family, but we are not doing that on Sundays. Have a good time on your own. I am just enjoying the game. Dave. 
I mean, pretty much the same. Those mornings are crazy, you know, trying to relay injury information. And Alfredo and I, we're actually doing a live stream on Sunday mornings at youtube.com slash football guys. So you can hop in there, ask all your start sit questions and we'll address them live. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sundays during NFL season, is there like a more beautiful day in the world? Like it's, it's amazing. I sit on the couch. I am lucky enough to be married to a huge football fan. My wife, Emily, she loves football. She loves the bears. That's why I knew she was the one when our second date was going to a bears game together. So we sit around, we drink beer, we watch football. Sunday mornings are crazy, but as soon as the games kick off, then I am just tweeting BS from my phone and having fun and enjoying the games. And then Monday is when I dive back into the numbers and start watching them. But Sundays I watch the game as a fan. All right. Well, this was awesome. I mean, I could go on, you know, more and more, but I'm sure you got 75 other podcasts to do and to host. You guys, the uh, Football Guys Fantasy Football Show. It's a great fantasy football podcast plus your YouTube show. Uh, one more time, where can the people listening uh, find you guys uh, with all your links, Twitters, uh, your threads, and everything? Uh, yeah, you can find me. I, I'm only on Twitter. Like I've got an Instagram. It's that's X, just my personal sir. It's, stuff. It changed its name. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You can you can zeet me or zalo <laughs> me on X, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, you can find me just my first and last name at Dave Kluge. That's K-L-U-G-E. Uh, you're not going to find a lot of hard-hitting analysis on my Twitter, if you're being honest. It's a lot of memes and stupid jokes and humor, but we do plug in and take the football stuff real seriously on the podcast. So you can check that out for sure. Yeah, Alfredo. And you can follow me on any of the social media apps, uh, the Pretend GM, everywhere, Instagram threads, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm there. All right. Well, I I really appreciate this. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the insight. And I I appreciate the championship analysis because if you, you know, we're, we're all about winning. Fantasy football is about winning. It's about destruction. It's about devastation. It's about fun, ass kicking, and trash talking um so i i know you guys are all about it i appreciate you guys have uh, taking the time and i'll talk to you during the season appreciate it mike thanks for having us man all right you guys have a great day fellas Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hi this is kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.